0: <laughs> there you go. That's the intro. That's the big intro. Oh man, Joan Wasser. Joan as police woman.
1: Oh, what's up? Oh my God! See, I got my hair all looking
2: like decent, and now, now the
1: headphones are all fucking
0: it up. You don't need headphones if you don't want. Yeah, but it kind of brings you in. It is fun. I like headphones. I don't mind them. What's up? Are we gonna do like cross? Are we
2: here? Well, I I just am uncomfortable otherwise.
0: Yeah, maybe. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Joan?
2: Since we're fucking both yogis and shit.
0: Right. Let's do a yogi one. Wait, is
2: there anything I can't say or do on this There's, podcast? You can
0: say and do everything.
2: Wow.
1: Whatever <laughs> you want.
2: Lim, limit lim, limitlessness is is dangerous for Joan. It is. Maybe also for Joe.
0: It's definitely proven to be dangerous for me in the past. Yeah. And I haven't set limitations. What does that mean, on, limitation on things again? things like crystal meth. Yeah. Like, for instance. <laughs> like, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but... Good place to start. Just kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> 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 we are in an undisclosed location in Brooklyn. That's right. With, with, with the amazing Joan Wasser, a.k.a. Joan as policewoman. So, um, What's up? <laughs> so good to see you. So good to see you too. Yeah. It's weird to do research on you.
2: Oh, good Lord.
0: Because I'm, I feel like I know you really well. But you do. Yeah. And I love you a, a lot. I love you so much too.
2: <laughs> research is that other part of people that is less that you, important, don't. really, yeah. than this. Right. Yeah. So what'd you learn about me?
0: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You know, like, your work ethic is pretty unbelievable, you know, and the way that you're so dedicated to music and what, what you've been doing for the last, like, 20-something years, it's, it's, it's admirable and it's amazing and it's going so well for you, too, and that's awesome to see
2: that's really nice to hear yeah. from someone who's really dedicated yeah to music mm-hmm. in a way that i feel is very similar to me yeah and um who also like i mean i hear it, it's just it's really sweet your name will just come up from fans mm-hmm. that are talking to me um just like how is joe mm-hmm. or I was just listening to Joe and mm-hmm. thought of you or whatever. So it's uh, it's nice that uh, we are forever aligned yeah. through music,
0: through music, and through some cool collaborations on some of your stuff. Oh God, and, yeah, and my stuff. Yeah, yeah. There is a light that never goes out. Remember uh, that? Come on, we did that. Your violins and stuff was amazing on that.
2: That was a special thing. Is that recorded?
0: Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh. Yeah.
1: oh
2: yeah I don't yeah I would love to hear that I remember that was a thing that was
0: it's a great that thing was a good thing for a Sm- you know a smith's cover is a daunting thing like it sure is yeah you know yeah but, uh, it was uh it was it was good when I listened back to it like after a bunch of years I was like man this rock like, yeah so, sometimes you listen back to your old stuff and you and you're really like impressed by it what wouldn't you say Oh yeah. Do you get that a lot?
2: Not a lot.
0: Um no?
2: I mean, I, 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 I usually think like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and then, but I don't listen back very often.
0: Mm.
2: Almost never. Actually, putting the anthology together, like I had to like listen back. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, it was fine. I, I did. I, I, I forgot a lot of stuff that I did that I thought were very interesting choices. Right. <laughs>
0: That's uh, yeah. That's funny. That's a funny way to put it. Yeah. It's like, like what? Well, like what was one of those?
2: Like um. Oh, I I I, I need. I, like I I felt like a, an outro was necessary here. Oh. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. And then and then and then I'm listening and I'm like oh yeah that's cool it works. Yeah. You know or um. Or just you know, like aesthetic choices with like, you know just just aesthetic choices like that I wouldn't do now that I was like oh wow that's where my mind was then Mm -hmm. you know like I put this like weirdo guitar shit on here okay Mm -hmm. that's that definitely makes it less uh, less um, uh, you know it definitely makes it weirder Mm -hmm. Uh, why like was I trying to be weird or actually I think that's just what felt right like felt like was like the most appealing
0: well sometimes like it's good to add production elements to kind of like rub against the grooviness of a thing yeah you know like you do that kind of thing on purpose yeah and and you're into it at the time and then you listen back like a few months later and you're like what the fuck yeah yeah yeah
2: (laughs) but that's what's so fun about producing your own shit Mm mm-hmm and, and having the ability to record it all, t- like at all times, yeah. like putting ideas down and then deciding like, nah, yeah, that's not it. But this other thing, cause I put this down, uh, this other thing came up, you know, um, what are you in the middle of right now?
0: I have a cool concept going on. What's up? Okay. So I have, I just put out a record like, uh, about October. A, okay. Thank you. Uh, October comeback world comeback world available now Out on your oh. own label <laughs> yeah on my own label moon age rebel yes yes you did <laughs> wait that's great you have your own label <laughs> yeah congratulations thank you
2: that's really cool
0: um and i'm getting ready to do this takeover of this museum floor in uh NYC called Fotografiska. It's a new photo museum. Okay. It's like six floors on Park Avenue. Okay, great. And 22nd or something. Okay, great. And I'm going to do the sixth floor takeover for like the first week of February. And I've decided to bring my studio in there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to paint a lot and yeah. just like just live out of there basically. And yeah. There's going to be people coming through while I just like work. And I'm going to... I decided that i'm gonna make an album in there too while i'm doing it i mean why not well because i have the songs oh so good and so it's like i was getting ready to go in the studio and then i just thought why not make it a public kind of thing that's a great idea yeah and then there's gonna be a performance february 6th of the album that i've made that week in a week but well like that's the idea i'm gonna do it like with loops i'm just gonna do like how I would like eventually go perform it live. I'm gonna do that. Fir- figure that out first, and then record it like that. Maybe like a few times. Great. And just like see what that is. That's great. That's the idea. Love it. It's fun when you have an idea that like feels vital, and then you then you have like I don't know. You have that extra because there's so often I feel like in the artistic. Uh, Pursuit. There's these long moments of like procrastination and aimlessness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you get over that, those humps, it's like, ah, okay, it's fun again.
1: Oh
2: well, yeah, you've reached the promised land. You have a goal. You have
0: a goal and all that. And then
2: it's just putting the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah, because you have the basic idea. That's great. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is a good feeling.
0: And yeah, so that I'm I'm rocking on that feeling that's right now. That's great. So that's cool. That's good. Yeah, and I'm trying to think about tu- keeping all the tuning at 432. I've been performing all at 432 for a while. Okay, let's
2: talk about that.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Is it like some kind of divine number? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read about this. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's
0: like super symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. Tom Rothrock. Okay,
2: you know that that's a pro- that's a great name, but remember that producer? Nope. You know him? Nope
0: um he produced elliot smith okay and some other lots of stuff yeah yeah. i think he had bong load records
2: okay so why is 432 special
0: because i went to a festival uh that he puts out in california in this tree house okay of course and he's got (laughs) and he's like (laughs) got this dj set up and i went in there and without any drugs or anything i was i just was mesmerized by the sound of the music and i was like why and i asked him why does the music sound so good like and then he told me he -hmm. he tunes every single thing down to it to where it's 432 and so the reason i buy 432 so like wholeheartedly is because without knowing i sense yeah of course and i don't consider myself somebody like with perfect pitch or any of that kind of stuff so super sensitive or that's not like how i am so when so the fact that I noticed it and it was like that, then I was just like ever since then been real attracted to it. Nice. But to find a keyboard that you can tune down to 432, that's my new goal. <laughs> you know, because they're all at 440.
2: I mean, I guess you could get a a keyboard that you, you can tune that, or like you know that you program all the sounds onto
0: right, like a sampler. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's probably what I should do.
2: Maybe. I bet there's a, I bet there's a tunable keyboard.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know there has got to be. Yeah. They have to be there, but what do you, what about you? Do you, are you, uh, I mean, you've just toured for six months, right?
2: Six months on the solo, uh, first, uh, like six month solo tour. Yeah. Last year, I finished up the damn devotion touring in Great Australia. Album. Thank you very much. Yeah. At the beginning of last year. So that was with the band. Mm hmm and then i put out Thology and did 6 months of solo touring which was i have to say like it was amazing i was worried because i love playing with my band so much yeah. like i get so out so much out of it mm-hmm. i'm like in a state of like pure joy when i'm on stage with them yeah really you know and so i was like what is this going to be like doing just being on stage by myself all the time. I mean, I've done solo shows throughout my life, but like six months of it, like I made it so that there's no openers. So it's just me, because I personally, yeah, I personally can't take me too much music. Like if I go to see one of my friends, like if there's something, i then my brain just gets it's gets tired out. Yeah, you know,
0: it's like walking around a museum. Yes, and you can only do it for like That's so long. Exactly, you're right. burnt.
2: That's exactly right. It's too much input. You know, so mm-hmm. um, so what is it? You know, what is it going to be like? Like, am I going to be so lonely? You know, and what what not? I mean, I tour with two people. You right. know, but like, am I going to be so lonely on stage? It's like, I'm lonely anyway. Might as well be on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Are you? You're lonely? of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm also really happy, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. It's uh, a mix. it is, it is. Yeah. Um, but the solo. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm, you I'm do. I'm the same way. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, but that was good for me because I've always, like you, felt, I think, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but I feel like, feel quite relaxed on stage.
0: Yeah, typically I can do. Yeah. Sometimes.
2: After doing this, now it's just like, I'm, I just like learn to take more time. Yeah. And learn to just like, just not freak out about anything. Right. At all. Yeah. And that's a good feeling because then it just feels like. I'm just not ever worried. Yeah, there's no worry.
0: Well, no matter what, if you don't freak out, no, uh, the whole place can be going ape shit. And if you just kind of laugh it off, yeah, it becomes all sort of fun. Totally. Whereas if you freak out, then the audience gets real uncomfortable. That's right. And then it becomes really weird.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's right. So.
0: But I love the awkward moments. Oh yeah, the, I, I just dig into them. So I like, do I. You know. So do I. Yeah. I explain to the audience that I'm enjoying the awkwardness. Though, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that as they long they as you can t- enjoy exactly. it, exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've started crying on stage.
0: Oh really? Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, just a little bit. But like, then I laugh and I'm like, look at me, I'm crying. And then yeah. I keep going.
0: Yeah. And then people are like, crying from the song.
2: Like, for a variety of reasons, I mean, yeah, or, like, I just, like, I remember something that had to do with the song that mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about since I wrote the song. Right. Or, like, anything, like, some message I got from someone that day about, yeah. like, will you, write, will you play this song because my friend just committed suicide, and I mm-hmm. really, you know, like, this kind of stuff. I yeah. And this is, like... The amount of communication now we have with the people that listen to us is incredible. Yeah, I mean it is really incredible. Yeah, people people ask me, oh, well, isn't that too much? No, yeah. that's personal connection with someone. Yeah, another human being.
0: Yeah, that's
2: how I feel about it. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Do people write you and stuff like that on the Instagram and all that? Yeah, a lot. Do you respond? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I try to respond too.
2: Yeah, I mean we can do what we can. Yeah. Sometimes it gets sometimes too it much. Sometimes it
0: stacks, and then it's like, ah, oh, I gotta go through this, and it's like thirty of them or something. Yeah, yeah. And it. sometimes you can. And it's like, okay. Yeah, sometimes you can. But
2: yeah. Um, yeah. So then I got back, and I finished a covers record.
0: Mm, and then number two. Number two. Mm-hmm. Cover two. I like it. I like the track listing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Which has not been told yet.
0: Oh, but it's in your press release. Oh, is
2: it it's in my press release and it's not public. Oh, that's not, public. Oh, that's not yeah, <laughs> public. It's not <laughs> oh, okay. public yet, oh, okay. but that's, well, that's that's cool. Can we no, spo- no spoilers. No, no spoilers. Not quite yet. Yeah. Okay. Um and uh, <laughs> and I'm going that uh, there's a tour set up for that in May and June with Parker with just trio so Parker and Jacob Silver who, who plays bass who's s- mm-hmm. sick. Yeah. And uh and then I mean should I keep going? Yeah, well,
1: Absol- does the album have absolutely. a release date? You could say that.
2: The release date is May something. Okay, I know so, it has I think a release
1: date. The dates date. were
0: May 2020. 2020 okay. and, yeah, you know, maybe I don't. April. The album's has master mastered, delivered. Oh yeah. And, did Cavorkian do it? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I love him. Oh yeah, I love remember because I was. Yeah, I liked the photo. Yeah, he was working with you.
2: Oh my God, I was so I look embalmed. I like I just like worked like every day in 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 the studio and then like had done like a 14 hour day the day before you know the crazy shit that you do to yeah. prep a record to get mastered
0: yeah exactly oh. i always like wait till after the it's mastered and then i remix everything <laughs> <laughs> and then master it again oh man oh man fred, yeah i drive fred nuts a little bit when it, fred oh is wait so can we do this one thing and
2: you know. Yeah, he's the best. Obsessed with sharks. Uh, Do you know that? Is he? Him? Yeah, he's obsessed with sharks. Really? Yeah, isn't that cute?
0: I thought that was like a phrase of like obsessed with sharks. That's what that means. Yeah, <laughs> like when yeah. you redo things. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, okay. He's <laughs> but, yeah, literally obsessed with
2: sharks. Yeah, he sharks. Is, He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah, he's... <laughs> like in what way? He just... He is literally just like fascinated with sharks. Sharks. I learned about that. He had sharks up in his original space that Mm. I went to, what, 15 years ago or whatever. And I was like, what's up with the sharks? He's like, I like sharks. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Fred's like so understated. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, listen. When you toured, are you still ultra disciplined? Like, because I remember for a time you were definitely like, "I'm." You're in bed by ten p.m. or not ten p.m. Obviously, because the show's still going on. But like right away, and you were up early. Like, are you still rolling that way, or have you eased up on that?
2: Well. If I could fall asleep at ten, I would, but I cannot. Right. I'm like a night person, so you are. Okay, yeah. So you've even gone if gone I'm there. at the hotel pretty early, I'm awake. Oh, okay. I can't. I can't fall asleep. I. I don't. Rem- so
0: for years, I've been chastising myself like, you no should go way. to bed like Joan. Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> I think probably that
2: happened for like. A month when we were hanging. <laughs> oh, like man, real, that's
0: been in my head forever. Oh, baby, no. I mean... <laughs> now I'm going to let up on myself. Yeah, you no. can.
2: But I I would love it if I could go to bed early, but I cannot, especially right. after a show my mind's on forever.
0: Yeah. You know, so... What is that? That, like, crazy weird adrenaline thing that happens after a show? Adrenaline.
2: Yeah. <laughs> adrenaline. Fair enough.
0: <laughs>
2: and then I think you, you just... You like, you just like have your feelers on such a high level of sensitivity because you're about to do this thing, right? You know, for you know where where the people, especially with us, with the solo shit, like. They hear every single thing you do. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, for me my sensitivity is on this like level of like incredible height. And then it just takes a long time for that to just calm down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean when I'm home I go to sleep a little bit earlier, but I'm a night person, so I'm never going to bed early, early.
0: Right. I wish. You like working at night? Yeah, I do.
2: I work at night. Yeah. Yeah, I don't work during the day. People that work during the day, I'm fascinated by it, but it feels like I'm a de- different species.
0: Yeah, I, t- I tried that, like, with 20-something songs. I, I was doing this thing of writing first thing in the morning oh. a, a song. Oh, wow. That was the goal, like, was, like, yeah, yeah. Re- write and record a song, no matter what. Yeah, like, yeah, I did it, you. like, job style, just yeah, as yeah. an experiment. How was it? It worked out. There's some definite stinkers in there, but there's, like some good ones i got some good ones out of it
2: see that's incredible yeah and i want to do that
0: yeah it's a good it's a good experiment yeah anyway just like you
2: did it as soon as you woke up as soon as
0: i woke up like that's the way yeah because i actually it was like childish i think gambino yeah i can't i don't remember his actual real glover yeah danny glover
2: yeah he's incredible
0: yeah he's pretty uh off the chain on a lot of levels but he i was listening to an article or an interview with him and he was talking about writing first thing in the morning and how that it became it was easier everything was mm. like more genius or something oh okay and so i was like okay that's a, that's good enough for me oh yeah that's good enough yeah so i was like i tried it yeah yeah and, and it worked And actually. it worked yeah it worked it's
2: like the antithesis of what i feel but that is why i should try it yeah, because Ooh, just, just straight
0: up out of the dream state, go so right, right go right there, and it's like weirdly like also your brain is all fresh but sure. still halfway dreamy. Like, oh, it's, okay. it's 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 worth trying. Oh
2: God, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, because I just
0: do like let me write ten songs. Do oh. like set do ten days. Be like every day, Ooh. and just force yourself to like complete make ch- one, make like real yeah. building style. Yeah, like yeah. even if this lyric sucks, yeah just this leave it. it you can change it later change it later yeah, like, yeah. cause like half of oh, dude, that I'm gonna do that thank yeah, you yeah yeah keep yeah, going well this like we just interviewed Harlan Coben for the podcast This the great writer and he was talking talking about how like battling through self hatred and all that, and just no matter what, just write. Don't you know? Mm-hmm. And it's you have to give yourself permission to mm-hmm. suck. Yeah, to be bad. Yeah, and when you do that, it's very liberating. Sure. Like when we first started, it was just like you know, you every idea you had was like oh, the worth chasing. But the older you get, the more you do it, the more it's you. You be the more pressure, perceived pressure, and all that stuff can create procrastination yeah
2: yeah absolutely
0: do you deal with procrastination yeah ever of course or? i do oh yeah. yeah
2: oh yeah i absolutely do mm-hmm. um you know i really i i like the amount of time i spend like just like what am i doing why mm-hmm. am i looking at this fucking phone Right. I mean that type of shit. It's like you know. Oh man! I mean, like what? Then I just then.
0: Why am I checking Instagram? I'm so angry at
2: myself, and then that doesn't help. Right. You know. So, um. Anyway, so yeah, I do. I deal with it all the time, and I try to be nice to myself about it, because. Um. But. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm gonna be writing a new Jones Police Woman record, and I'm gonna do that as part of it. Yeah, try that's it. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a great thing. Yeah.
0: Do you do any other kind of like, what's? do you have a morning ritual in terms of like, how do you get your mind state right? Coffee. <laughs> Straight up. Just I coffee. love coffee yeah. so much. Yeah.
2: I mean, I love coffee.
0: Yeah. Me too. Coffee yeah. is just
2: such a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's just the best idea in every way.
0: It usually always is. I mean, except it w- for at midnight.
2: Which I did last night, and then I paid.
0: What, you stayed up all night? I was
2: up till like 7 a.m. Really? And I was so mad. I was like, really, Joan? Because I can do it often, where I just go right to sleep. And then I was like, mm, you
0: dumbass. Right. You fucked up. You fucked up.
2: So I gotta just make sure I don't do that. Because whether it was because of that or not, I don't need to be drinking coffee at midnight. midnight it was like well it was like Not ten thirty pm yeah no just don't do it just dumb anyway yeah. so yeah uh yeah won't be won't be doing that
0: right so you but do you do any kind of like yoga meditation any of that kind of stuff or you just go straight into your day
2: i usually go straight into my day i do yoga maybe five times a week but i go to classes
0: yeah me too
2: yeah i i used to do more on my own and i don't it's just right. i just go to a class yeah um which i really like because i like being told what to do me too like i really love it just just order me around yeah
0: especially because when are you going to make yourself do yoga for 90 minutes unless you're in a class or yeah you're not 75 minutes that's right you're just not going to do that no. in your house
2: no you're not i'm too distracted here so yeah. so i do have that um you know i just yeah i just usually I stupidly jump into like admin which is like that's not fun like oh, just like, like returning like emails and all that shit it's like that's not good that's not that's not a useful you that's not useful energy right. uh you know that's not helping me that's not using my morning energy in a very good way
0: but you're comfortable enough in your skin to where you don't like desperately need to do something because i'm like i wake nah. up in a state of basic desperation okay right on right on <laughs> <You know what laughs> okay I mean? yeah like, i do i do where it's like i need to shift this into a positive direction
2: and so what do you do
0: i go to yoga first thing or i go yeah, first run. thing
2: oh that's great yeah, yeah i
0: do some kind of physical fitness thing yeah, yeah. i usually and wake up happy yeah you do yeah i've lately been more
2: that's great it's nice but doing exercise in the morning is wonderful. Yeah. It's never when I want to do it. I want to do it later. Uh-huh. Yeah, but when you can do it in the... When I actually have to do it in the morning, yeah. I'm like, wow, I wish I could do this all the time because it feels amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you're on tour, what do you do?
2: Yeah, I... Do you do anything? I do, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, I mean, what I'm doing is researching yoga classes all the time. I always
0: like yoga near me.
2: Yeah, you know, I I do that like a lot and then you know they got like shitty gyms that i go to yeah. at the hotels yeah and not even shitty gyms good gyms you know fitness I, I do <laughs> fitness centers you know hey, I, you moved. I i you do um oh. i am um, yeah because if i don't exercise on tour mm-mm. Mm-hmm. that's not that's not good i need to shift all this around all the time
0: yeah how do you keep your energy that is that how you keep your energy like good on tour like doing that kind of stuff or like yeah
2: and that's also how i'm not an asshole right i mean that's that keeps my mental energy proper yeah you know and then of course the physical too i mean that's like necessary because the whole thing is used to getting exercised yeah so if you know being on tour and sitting all the time Mm -hmm. in various places then i gotta like i gotta like move that around Mm -hmm. because you're not like Necessarily walking around, or I bike everywhere, you yeah. know, in New York City. So I don't have that on tour. So I gotta like, yeah, be the, vigilant.
0: The bike is for real. Oh I, yeah, I like stopped yeah. riding my bike as much as I used to when I lived in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. And then yesterday I like rode to, up to like uh, Upper West Side to do the Harlan thing. Then I rode to Brooklyn uh, in the evening over the Williamsburg yep. Bridge and i'm like damn yeah. it hits the lungs
2: oh it hits the lungs and then it's freedom yeah cuz like you're moving at your own pace mm-hmm. you get to see the city and uh, wherever you are in this other way yeah and and you're breathing so like that breathing makes you i mean at least for me makes makes everything just like look beautiful yeah you know like uh, yeah biking is like the way
0: do you have do you wear headphones when you do it?
2: No, I mean sometimes, but very rarely. Do you, do you wear a helmet? Yeah, I do. Me too. Yeah, I do. Got to because it's not about how safe we are. It's about the person that isn't safe that hits you with a fucking car. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you only get one of these. Only one noggin. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and we gotta like preserve those but noggins. You gotta preserve it. Yeah.
0: Anything else you can mess with a that's right bit here and yeah, there, yeah, 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 not, not that no, you want to keep that yeah,
2: yeah, do you want to keep that
0: intact yeah, yeah, so yeah, the funny thing about touring that people I think don't really understand is how extreme it is with the travel and the pressure <laughs> and and like the lack of sleep and stuff yeah. like that, and that's when you're in front of everybody having to also be charming and uh, you know, and there there could be like a sound guy. Like, do you travel with a sound guy? I yeah. Do. Yeah, that's yeah. That's
2: necessary because like, that relieves uh, so much stress. So much stress. Yeah, guys l- that I've had forever.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So that I don't know. Do you do you have any funny stories about that? Like, got any kooky road stories? I can't believe I just asked that Love question. You. No, but like. Just like, cause you just did six months. Yeah. How did, like I don't know, just like keeping your head together in that situation. Yeah, like, totally.
2: Um, I mean the th- the the thing that I do often is between sound check and show. Yeah. I go to sleep. I take oh, yeah. a nap. Yeah. When I'm that tired, the good thing about me is I can sleep anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like. After sound check, there's actually not that much space because I, I was playing pretty early. Mm-hmm. I was doing like eight, eight thirty usually. Yeah. So I don't also I can't eat before I play. So everybody's going to dinner and I'm going to sleep. Right. Um, that really helped. Like that's everything. If I didn't have that, I'd be because the amount of sleep you get isn't zero. It's
0: zilch. Yeah, it's funny.
2: It's horrible because Even if you have a designated five-hour spot to to sleep, you're flying the next day, Mm -hmm. and you're. I mean, when I'm flying, it's like, which it happens a lot. I'm not sleeping well, right? The night before, usually, yeah. But yeah, so that's what I mean. Mostly, that's what I do.
0: Yeah, and sleep deprivation. (sighs) it drives people insane
2: it does yeah it does
0: and then put them in a high pressured situation and it's like it's and then also okay let's face it too probably with strange egos to begin with just to be in show business also so like it just becomes like explosive yeah or it can
2: yeah i mean that's also part of the reason why i learned to just take a lot more time on stage than i would previously have allowed myself. How do you mean? Just like.
0: In, during the actual performance?
2: Yeah, and you know, okay it's, we're, re- we're ready for you, Joan, and then like, you know, I'll like wait until I feel good enough, and then I, when I sit at the piano, if I'm not ready to play, I'll just hang out. Oh yeah? And just breathe a little bit before I start playing, rather than, oh my god, I'm on stage, and everybody's here, and so, so I have to start right now, no. Now I just don't do that.
0: you don't do that, no,
2: because
0: how long is the longest you've like just sat there? I have and no breathed?
2: idea, not super long right because i I could get it twenty minutes later because of <laughs> yoga <laughs> I could like you know I know how to yeah. calm it down real fast
0: mm-hmm. twenty
2: minutes no, I, I've had, no i'm not I'm not doing like off the cuff John Cage situations, right. uh you know but like i just do i do wait for my, se- my whole self to yeah. be ready to play and that ch- that changes everything
0: that's cool so uh, what what made you decide to put out your all the, like the career retrospective or all like the what called journeyology is that how you can say it yeah yeah. yeah 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 what like that's like a 40 track thing right like 40
2: yeah 30. and then there's a whole record of live at the bbc sessions right um, Why did I do that? I have no idea. No, uh, it was suggested to me that I do it. Um, you know, people tend to gravitate towards one record like and mm-hmm. know that record really well. I'm sure you have a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like, oh, I love that record, this specific record, and they know nothing else of yours. Mm-hmm. And even with all the Spotify's and stuff, they still only know that record so I wanted to like choose a you know a playlist Mm. for people to have um also I had some I put some new stuff on there and b-sides and stuff and then also just wanted to honor the BBC Six Music like for doing that forever yeah for like doing live sessions people Mm. don't do that anymore right you know and and mostly Mark Riley, you know has been doing it forever and still does it that's not That's like so much work for them, and they they do it, you know.
0: Ehud does it.
2: Yeah, I know.
1: Still doing it. I know. Buy myself out of pocket.
0: One on one. (laughs) Shout out one on one. Thank you, Joe.
1: Ehud is a god. We know. Man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we know. You're not kidding.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: This podcast wouldn't exist without that dude.
2: Yeah, and you made that amazing video for me. Classic. Yeah. Classic. That was really great. Yeah. Yeah. That was really great. That was fun. Yeah it was fun we, we
1: actually talked we had toshi on in the very early on in the podcast and she brought that up and oh, we, yeah we reminisced a little yeah. yeah yeah that was good yeah and then i threw a little piece of the actual video in that episode yeah you and did i saw it again i was like wow that was like i remember it was joe and reggie, reggie watts. watts and toshi yeah uh and we did it in like right by the flat 30 end. minutes like in the street yeah. quick in and out yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: amazing
0: so putting out the anthology, like, ha, did was that like, what did that teach you about where you have been and where you are going? Yeah, because it seems like when you do something like that, there's kind of like this like line in the sand of like, okay, kind of like, it's at least like a you know a, a bookend or something, right? It's a, maybe liberating on some level.
2: Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I mean. I when I approach when I like sit down to write a song, I really still feel like it's the first song I ever wrote.
0: Mhm.
2: Like I don't have a template through of a song of how it's supposed to be or whatever. So, I mean, just seeing the places I went with songs, that was interesting. I was like, "Wow, like okay. Like there's a lot of paths mm-hmm. you can take through writing a song, which is just f- what makes it so fun. Yeah, I mean, it's so create. It's the most creative thing. Yeah, you know, five minutes ago, the song did not exist, and now it does. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really dumb, but it's like, where are you going to go with this? You could go anywhere otherwise. Um, but uh, I mean, since I started recording. Now I have a home studio, Right. I do so much stuff here in conjunction with going into the studio, you know. Um, and like I just know so much more about technology and how to use it in a way that I like mm-hmm. and recording myself and all that. So I mean, that was fun too because my first records were made all in the studio all the basics recorded live, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like a lot different, which is, all of that's fun. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you allow yourself to like write songs that like, you'll like maybe a familiar chord pattern, but the melody is enticing you to like allow for this like, oh, I've definitely used this kind of chord progression before, but I like where this melody's going. Or do you... Let you let your mind interfere and go like, no, you got to change it up and make it more interesting or something. Asking for a friend. Ah, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think probably yes and no, depending, yeah, on, the depending on the situation. You know, if if the melody is great. Yeah. All, totally fine using the same chords. Also, how often do we all use the same chords? Right. Not just me, but yeah, me and everybody else everybody. has has used this chord progression a million times. And yeah. look, we'll still be ma- using it and making amazing songs from it. You know, I mean, that's also like a really uh, creative challenge. Like, how can you use these chords everybody's used forever and make a new thing out of it? Right. I mean, that's really that's really fun. Um, I mean, I just know from your writing, you are able to find your way through a similar chord progression, and it be a totally different feeling. Right? Yeah, you really are. You're an incredibly gifted songwriter. Thank you. That's the truth. (laughs) I mean, you know, thank also ridiculously prolific.
0: Yeah, like like getting it back together lately. Like That's I'm back great. back in the flow state, aware of like you know how the power of words, like, um, to manifest our reality. Mm-hmm. Like, I w- was walking the East Village the other day, and I saw a friend. He's like, "I'm having writer's block," and I was like, "Don't say that. You're gonna keep creating that." Mm-hmm. So like, tell them the next person you see that you're writing really well.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I've been doing that lately. That's M- cool. Aware of manifesting things.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or like writer's block, what does that actually mean? Like yeah. maybe your mind needs like a rest from thinking about writing and just just writing aimlessly and not, not thinking I got to do, like what you were saying, like not thinking like this has got to be something important. Right. No, maybe you're just going to write and then... See where it goes, yeah. and that's going to be something special that you would not have gotten.
0: Yeah, I heard you say in an interview that you don't, be, you don't, be, you don't have writer's block, or you don't believe in writer's block, or something like that.
2: Yeah, because I have, I have called it that, right? And it doesn't help, like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. if something isn't coming, I'm going to go out and have a bike ride, and that's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: Or I'm going to like do something else for. A month. Yeah. That's like really fun. I'm going to go to all the museums I haven't been to that are in my city that I haven't been to in three years. Like, I'm going to go see what's going on mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, uh, and then I will be inspired. I mean, we know, like, if we take a pause, then s- at some point there's going to be this thing where this craving to make a song. Mm -hmm. And you you just have to do it, like you can't actually wait. Like it's this thing going, okay time, time now, time where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's kinda like being hungry.
0: It comes in phases for me.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean I think that's true for everybody.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Are you writing new, did you write a bunch of new songs on that six month long tour?
2: I wrote a little bit. Um, it's not the easiest for me to write on the road. I also was doing a lot of editing on the road for the covers record that I just finished. Oh, okay. So,
0: you had a laptop and you were working on it? Yeah. Like mixing it?
2: Yeah, yeah, doing a lot of... Did you mix it that way? I did a lot of editing. Like, I did a lot, a lot of editing. So, yes, mixing, yeah. And then I brought it in and, like, you know, had, uh, you know, did a proper mix. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I got a lot... I got a lot of like Pre-mixing. I got a yes which is is a you know which is a lot a lot of time which for me on the road where there is a lot of time is a wise use of
0: time interesting yeah because I mean good ideas yeah
2: because I don't I don't often have that mind where it's like oh yeah I'm gonna make a new song right now but I do have these like 26 tracks of trumpet that I need to go through and place the pieces within the song and like that kind of like I mean, I think of it, I don't smoke weed anymore, but I think of it as that thing where like I used to smoke weed and then just be fine with doing my taxes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I think of it as that mind where it's just like, it's not mindless, but it's just like this kind of dull, usually also because I'm tired. It's like this sort of low level concentration where you do have to be, your mind does have to be active, Mm -hmm. but... It doesn't have to be as active or as, you know, sparkling as like maybe writing a new song, but so I th- I can use that kind of energy in you know as like as it, for editing.
0: Yeah, and you like editing, I guess. Right? I do. Yeah, I do I like editing. Do you? No.
2: Yeah, I know most people don't. <laughs> I'm a weirdo that way.
0: I like write. No. I like writing new shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that whole like editing thing that's important.
2: But I, I see it as like such a creative thing because I mean, editing is just about like making a new track from like raw material. It's like, here's the mm-hmm. clay is beautiful clay. Yeah. How am I going to arrange it in the song so that it actually makes it beautiful?
0: Are you using Pro Tools or Logic? I or- use Logic. Logic.
2: Yeah. I don't use Pro Tools. I have it. But I I notice I don't use it. I just, like, logic is, for me, so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, how about I, you? I've
0: been using Ableton.
2: Yeah, I tried to do Ableton, yo. That is, like, that just does not stick in my brain.
0: Yeah, I still don't really know what I'm doing.
2: Well, that's great. I mean, that's great.
0: <laughs> I can't. Happy accidents. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to editing and stuff like that, I don't really... I, I had my way around Pro Tools really well. I remember that. Yeah, I was good with that. Yeah, I, I remember. I don't know why I switched, but I did, and now that's what I have.
2: Well, you could go back. I could. Hello.
0: Yeah. Come it's on. It's true. Yeah. It's not impossible. No. Yeah. It's not. No. So, man, you've been making music for a long time. I feel like some, like maybe for some of the, our listeners, we should explore some of your past. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. How did you get into it?
2: Into music. I mean, okay, so I was going to be a dancer. Okay. That is what I was going to do, which includes music.
0: The brain arose to facilitate movement.
2: Yeah. So, like, I, I mean, I was just, that's what I was going to do. I took a lot of dance when I was young. I'm mm-hmm. talking about, like, f- starting at four.
0: Yeah, we're and, going way back. Yeah,
2: way back. And, um, and then my... Public school offered, there was an assembly in third grade, mm-hmm. and they came in and they like played the violin, cello bass, and you could pick one. You could, especially because of where I lived, you could rent an instrument for $10 a year. Wow. So that everyone could do it.
1: That's amazing. It is. What yeah. happened to those programs? Well,
2: Let's they all that got cut, true. you know? So, but that is why, that is how I played the violin, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, And, you know, my teachers thought I had promise so I started taking private lessons and then I just kept doing it. I mean, I loved it. Um, I was still going to be a dancer. Mm -hmm. Um, But then my body took over. I hit puberty and my knees started going wrong.
0: Really? Yes. So so young like that.
2: Yeah, I hit puberty and my knees started dislocating. Weird. Yeah. I mean, since... Because I'm adopted, I I met my birth parents, yeah. and then I learned that like my birth father's kids also have this. Yeah, um, what I have, um, but that's the culprit. Yeah, yeah.
0: So and and your biological parents were musicians too, right? It was like
2: my biological dad. dad was a bass player. Quit school at fourteen yeah. to tour in a country band. Yeah, and my mother who loved actually loved free jazz. Right. And like, I mean, she was like a total miles head and stuff, but she like, she loved like a lot of out jazz bitches stuff. Brew. Yeah. But she like liked actual out shit. Um, um,
0: even more out than bitches wait, brew. Wait, 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 way yeah, more out. Making bitches brew look like a pop song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Mozart. <laughs>
2: um, uh, You know, she, her, her parents made her take violin and piano.
0: That's so interesting.
2: Um, She didn't stick with it because she didn't like it, but she loved music. But yeah, it is interesting uh, because those three instruments I play actually, but I didn't know that until after I had, you know, started playing them. That's pretty wild. It is wild. So anyway, I had to stop dancing, Mm -hmm. and so the other thing that I was doing was Was playing the violin. Oh, heartbreaking, heartbreaking, life changing. Like, oh my God, life was over. Kinda, yeah, kind of. But you know, every there's every reason to think that life is over at twelve in general.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, there's like a lot of reasons. Yeah. So uh, that was just adding to the reasons. Another one. Yeah. yeah, so so uh, I went to school for class. I went to college for classical violin. I started, I mean, I had already been into so much music and had been going to shows, like, forever. I loved punk rock and hardcore stuff. Like, I, like, my, literally my first two shows were Black Flag and The Bad Brains. Nice. nice. Yeah. Thankfully, near where I grew up, there was an all-ages punk rock club. So I... Got to see that stuff when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I love those. It was run by a couple of brothers, Brian and Sean Sheridan Shout Where out! Was that? that was in. Well, it started in Stanford and then it moved to Norwalk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What was the club?
2: It's called the Anthrax, having nothing to do with the metal band.
0: We just had. We just released an episode with the bass player from Anthrax. Oh yeah, you did today. Oh, yeah. not that funny? <laughs> That's great. Or well, it won't be today anymore on it's, this, club, yeah. but today. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, anyway, uh, and then I was coming into the city to see like Susie and the Banshees on the piers and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and then when I got to school, then I just started playing with all sorts of people in different ways, because really I was, I had only been reading off the page and the violin, because that's what you do when you study classical violin, you just read the music off the page. So I'd never like otherwise just played whatever I wanted over here, right? you know. Uh, So then I just, I mean, I started playing with a bunch of people. I mean, actually, I met my really good, still good friend, Mary Timoney, Mm -hmm. of Helium, and the Mary Timoney Band, now she has XX, she's incredible. We met the first day of college in 1988, in September, Mm -hmm. and then we started playing together. She just sort of taught me like, we just like jammed all the time together. That was like the first time. I mean, she was like, she hung out with me when I like figured out what I liked, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that was like, that was huge for me. She's, a, she's an incredible, um, she's just amazing person, but incredible, totally anomalous musician. Like there's nobody like her.
0: Right. Like she
2: has her own vocabulary on the vo- on the guitar and stuff. Like, have you ever seen her play?
0: I think so. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah. You know, but it's been a while.
2: I mean, she can just like start tapping mm-hmm. like out of nowhere. And it's like, where is that sound? And she's just like, it's so effortless. Everything right. is so effortless. She's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, and then I, you know, started joining bands. I joined this band called the Dam Builders in 1990. That's when everybody was getting signed to major labels, like weird arty bands were getting signed to major labels. We signed to. Electra put out major label releases, toured a lot in this country.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And then, you know. So that was
0: your first experience touring?
2: That was, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yep. And, uh, And you
0: just loved it, I guess?
2: I mean, playing really loud music, like, i mean the thing that i wanted to do with the violin was just like make it as non-violin as possible mm-hmm. and like so i like i mean i ran it through a bass amp i Suncab sun cab high watt head right. so two 15 inch speakers with a high watt head through like you know multiple distortion pedals <laughs> you know i just like you know it's like
0: i mean didn't it just scream with feedback
2: no, cause I figured it out.
0: How'd you figure it out?
2: I just like well. First of all, I covered my violin with cabinet paper, mm-hmm. hi, um, uh, which muffled mm-hmm. the sound, and then I just got the right kind of pickup and learned how to, you control know, it. yeah, learned how to control it. So, and then sometimes I would make it feedback, and that was real fun.
0: And did you play it through an octave pedal and make it low too? I then?
2: did, yeah, I did that That's on. Our song, our cover of the Smith song. Oh, yeah. I put that through like a harmonizer. Right. And that's why it sounds like that. Too. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. And then what? I just. That that band did a lot of stuff. We broke them in 90, 97. At that point, Jeff had died. Right. in Earlier in 97. Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley, who I was with for the last 3 years of his life. Right. And I was just just lost. Right. And then I put a band together with a couple of his band members, Parker Kindred and Michael Ty. Black Beetle. Yeah. Yeah. And we sort of all I hadn't been singing at all before. Uh-huh. I w- I avoided singing. Like like the plague. Really, I didn't do
0: singing. It's real interesting. I didn't start singing until I was a little older too.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then I couldn't not sing at that point because I was in so much pain. I'd like, I, yeah, I couldn't, the violin was not enough for the amount of emotions and pain that I was Mm -hmm. going through. So I started singing, playing guitar. And
0: that's when you were writing songs with them too? Or? Yeah, that's when I started writing songs. you discovered songwriting then? Yeah. How old were you then?
2: I was 26 and when Jeff died and then yeah then we did that we we like it was also a way to stay alive to like check up on each other all the time because we were all not doing good right um and uh so yeah and you know the way that i knew how to survive was music Mm -hmm. i mean survive like mentally yeah. Music had always like helped me through every
0: Yeah, I heard you say music saved your life. Yeah. Then and does now still.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you feel the same oh, way? Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. I Un- mean unbelievable. Yeah, it's not <laughs> no, even no, measurable.
0: No. Definitely not. I like it definitely so that's cool though. So I'm not that familiar with Black Beetle music though. But so is it, is that uh stuff that you still resonate with? Or?
2: There's a reason why cuz we like we never we released d- any never of came. it. Oh,
0: it's so, okay. So I haven't missed it.
2: No, oh, okay, we made we recorded an EP. I got it, babe. And Sorry. then we recorded a whole album and we never released any of it. Um there was a lot of it was just oh, it was such a rough time, right? Um, and it did really feel like a, like a sort of like, um, like we were are all just learning yeah. to write, to sing. Yeah. Um,
0: I knew you around. That's yeah. Like, yeah that's you right did. when I kind of met you. Yeah, I think right yes, around absolutely. then I, I met you at the Fez. I feel like.
2: Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The Fez.
0: And or mm-hmm. yeah, we were just on a similar bill or something. Yeah. And then I remember, like, you were just like playing violin with somebody, and then you're like, "Yeah, I'm starting this band, Black Beetle, or oh, yeah. whatever." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 So we did that um, until 2002, mm-hmm. and then from there, I just I started. I was like, I gotta just do this by myself.
0: Right so from there you went in 2002 Jonas policewoman yeah. was born Yeah. Yeah. I love the trajectory of your I mean uh, career okay it's not a dirty word to say career. <laughs> it's like No but I just love it because it's it's just like you you you, do, you evolved into who you are. You took your time with that evolution. And once you landed there, it fucking blew up. Which is, it's just great. It's super inspiring, I hmm. feel like.
2: That's nice.
0: You Don't you think?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, in many ways, I feel thankful that I wasn't writing my own songs until I was in a place where I had something to say mm-hmm. that was coherent.
0: Well, that too. Like, it came out the box really developed
2: yeah because i just been in like you know it had been on the stove for a long time Mm
0: -hmm. gumbo was cooking in the pot
2: yeah for a (laughs) long time Mm -hmm. and i really didn't know it wasn't that i put it off i really didn't know how to do it until i released until i knew how to do it yeah yeah
0: is there, is there any better feeling than, like, first sort of discovering your voice as a songwriter and, like, making jams that come back out the speakers sounding pretty damn good and exciting? What? Right? Yeah. I don't know if that's a question. But oh, yeah. It's more yeah. just, like, a, you know, that feeling when you're first, like, waking up to that of who you are.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it took me a long time to decide that my voice was okay
0: of oh, singing one.
2: Yeah, because I had been around all these insane singers.
0: You're an insane singer.
2: Thank you. Yeah. That's really nice.
0: Yeah, uh, it's true.
2: I mean, around Jeff, but then I joined right. Anthony's band in '99.
0: Right. Another marvel.
2: I mean, yeah. you know, and <laughs> and so it's yeah, like I could see the intimidation. Yeah, factor. who? What do I have to offer? Right. You know, that's how. That's what I thought. So finding a voice that I felt comfortable with took a second, mm. years, uh, and then. But then, yeah, like like making the songs, that is like, it is a marvel. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, what happened here? I made something that I don't hate. Right. And maybe even like. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's an amazing feeling. I still have that, I was like, wait, how did this happen?
0: Yeah. It's a great feeling. It is. When you write something that you're like, wow, this is actually really good. Yeah. I think. I know, it's great. You know? Yeah. And all those
1: reincarnations with Anthony and those other bands were you doing backing vocals and did anyone ever say hey you have a good voice why don't you step up
2: in Anthony's band he he, well okay so first of all Anthony's now known as Anoni and as she so um so so I had started writing I was in that band from 99 to 2004 so I'd started writing in that and then Like I played her some stuff, she said that's, you should keep going, that's always super helpful. When someone that you love their work says yes, go. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she had me open for this show at the Knitting Factory covering one of her songs. And that was like a huge thing for me because it was going to be, I'm the first thing that people see in the show. Mm. And she, the the fact that she trusted me to do that, I was like, okay, things must be okay. You know? So, yeah, that was huge. That was huge for me.
1: That's a good push.
2: Oh,
0: yeah, it nice. really was. Yeah. Shout out Anoni.
2: Yeah, for real. For real. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool. So so
1: you remember but what about no. <laughs> you're
0: gonna my chris farley yeah, interview chris stuff. Farley. <laughs> a lot of times i interview like chris farley <laughs> so wait how would he do it so you
1: remember <laughs> when you sang on stage wasn't that amazing <laughs> <laughs> that was <cool. laughs> right, uh, i right, do that right. a lot okay right oh, but God.
0: like but so also right away like you put out that first <laughs> solo record what's the first solo record called Real life. Real life. And it was like, it, you know, it like got embraced. You know, what did that feel like?
2: That was surprising. Uh-huh. I mean, I had made an EP in 2003, and then I started touring with Rufus in 2004. So I had to... I had to. I actually had to like rush to get it done because we were leaving for tour in February 2004, and I was opening every other show of that Rufus tour. So I'd have the, I had to have the thing ready. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted that EP. I sent it around. Everyone was like, "Oh, thanks." Now, um, like
0: to labels. And yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly.
2: So I, I manufactured it myself and went on tour. And. Uh,
0: when that happened when nobody wanted it did you have did you get riddled with self-doubt about it or did you just have this quiet confidence underneath? no
2: I did not have quiet confidence okay I I, I thought what I did was like kind of cool but the fact that yeah. nobody wanted it was not surprising right I was like yeah like okay it's too weird it's too this that whatever you know right um and then and so then I toured with Rufus for a couple of years and in that time I was writing real life and recording at piecemeal when I was home. Mm-hmm.
0: At, at Bryce's place. Yeah, Bryce's, Trout. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, and. Uh, Here in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, that's right. I mean Bryce also, I mean Bryce was like a big, um, was like a help, like I was mixing a record with him at Water Music in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. For those Bastard Souls, a, 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 a band that Dave Schaus from the Grifters put together. So we were mixing in Hoboken. And I was so fascinated by the way he mixed. And like what he heard and what he thought should come back in this place, Bryce. Because he's also right. like, he's a great arranger and producer, producer. etc. And um, And I was just like... And I was also really, really like su- like blown away by like he would like suggest something and then when it, when it wasn't, like when it didn't work, then it was just like gone. Then he was like, okay, that's cool. He'd move on immediately. Right. And I was like, wow, how does he do
0: that? He wasn't hung up.
2: Not hung up at all. And I was like, that's something that I re- really remember. Right. Like, wow, he had a really good idea actually. It didn't work. But now he's like, it's gone, right. and there's space again for more new ideas yeah. that one of them will stick. You know. Yeah. But I remember thinking that, you know, like that, like first of all, that ideas are finite, right. which they are not.
0: Oh, right. You know, yeah.
2: Like, oh, you got this great idea. You just got to figure out how to make it work. No, maybe not. You got. You're gonna have another idea in two seconds, yeah. or two minutes, or two hours. You know, whatever.
0: Uh. Um, or two weeks yeah
2: or or months years yeah two years
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) or two decades yeah sure That's too long to wait for a new idea
2: maybe (laughs) um but uh (laughs) but then but i but so i was like playing it in front of rufus's crowds who are definitely music people but definitely music people that want to be hearing rufus right so some nights people were really listening and that was really helpful i learned a lot Mm -hmm. um and then sometimes people were just talking over me and that was really like hard to take um Mm. yes ego wise but like also just my stuff's really quiet so it was just like like actually hard to do with Mm -hmm. so it was so distracting in that
0: case sometimes like if people are talking and i'm doing some quiet i usually will make it absurdly quiet Quiet, me too and so where it just makes it really like absurd yeah i like try to accentuate the absurdity yeah and that sometimes shuts them up it does it's a good funny it's a good zen trick it
2: is it is you
0: don't you don't battle against it at all no
2: because you can't you really can't yeah because here, you know someone talking about you know colleen's new baby That ain't gonna take, you know, precedent over the fact that there is someone you don't know on stage playing music. But then, when you start to realize that, even I want to hear
0: about Colleen's new baby, and I don't even know Colleen. (laughs) I
2: mean, you know, so, so yeah, making it so that they realize that they're actually talking really loud over, then it's it does work.
0: It can work. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, so so when that when the when the full length. I mean, you know, there's like I mean I've told the story a lot, but like the guy who is my manager right now, Tom Rose, who Still your manager yeah, well yeah, I mean he was on and off my manager. Right. But he's my manager. He heard me play. Right, he, he was heard at me that open label in the UK, right? Yeah, he still has that label, Reveal, yep. Records. Reveal Records. But he had a an independent record store called Reveal Records. Yeah, I think I played there. Oh God, I, that would be—I I believe that. I think
0: I did. He's amazing. Yeah, I remember. But
2: he saw me open for Rufus, and he bought the EP and listened to it, and then went back the next night to make sure he didn't mishear me. Right. And then contacted me through MySpace. Yeah. And said, "Yo, I like—I want to sell your EP in my store. Will you send me some?" I was like, "Sure." He wanted boxes, and I was like, "Are you sure?" Yep. He was playing it in the store and selling tons of them.
0: Incredible.
2: Incredible. And then he said, Yo, I've been wanting to start a label and I want your EP to be the first release. Amazing. I, hadn't, I hadn't met this person and I was like, Definitely. This is
0: like, Kids, follow your dreams. Oh, man. This come is on. A perfect story. This yeah. Is like, yeah.
2: It is. And, you know, and so that was his first release. Uh, -hmm. and then what I was, you know, making real life. And then he found a label in the UK. Well, they were in, uh, they were in Brussels at the time called, called PS played against Sam's. Mm -hmm. Um, and he knew it against
0: Sam's a huge distribution. They do distribution.
2: And then they're also a label. They They do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the label I've been on forever. So he knew someone from that and said, yo, check this out. Uh, and they were like, "Yeah, this is cool." So then, my first and second full length records came out on PS and Reveal, both like mm-hmm. they both put them out. But then I've stayed, I've been with PS forever, and I've released other records from side pro- projects and stuff on Reveal Records. And I, you know, anyway,
0: maybe Black Beetle could come out on that. Yeah. Or you now nah, that's just gonna stay in there. And
2: listen to it.
0: Not feeling it. I,
2: there's cool stuff
0: yeah
2: it feels like experimenting which it is
0: yeah
2: yeah it's it's cool but anyway um so when real life came out i knew my friends and my family would hear it right that was the end of it and i was like excited i was like wow i made a record that's so cool i'm 36 wow 2006, you know. Right. I'm like 36 putting out my my first solo record. Yeah. This is amazing. Right. And then when people started reviewing it yeah. and like Rave liking reviews. it.
0: Yeah.
2: I was surprised and I was I mean I was really like blown away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was.
0: Had you visualized cuz I'm into like this manifestation stuff and had you visualized success or like anything before to help manifest it or was it just completely not even in your mind frame?
2: You know, it's interesting, people talk about the visualization thing and Mm -hmm. I love that idea so much. Mm -hmm. I am one of these people that, also people talk about like, this is my five year plan and stuff, Mm -hmm. that is just, foreign to me yeah
0: i don't really have a five year plan. yeah i just i, I, I wish can't. i did five
1: hour plan
2: yeah yeah five yeah. hour plan is good <laughs> even five day plan. i like a five day plan. yeah yeah, yeah.
0: but I got like this five month thing going on right now <laughs> <laughs> this is like a theme that's
2: cool five months is good too my
0: five decade plan though that's the one i'm really working on
2: that's what i'm hitting this yeah year, bro. i heard um anyway <laughs> so uh so so i I mean, the thing that I do is I just try to, I mean, all I do is make sure the music is the absolute best it can be. Mm -hmm. If that's manifestation, it's not. It's just, it's just quality control. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like I learned to like really listen when like, when like one of the words is like, "Mm." and then it's like, ooh, that song's not done. You gotta change that word.
0: <clears throat> right.
2: So it's like, I think it's just like making it as perfect to my ear as possible. Yeah. And then just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's, it's just like, I feel like it's like rather than manifestation, it's just quality control.
0: Yeah, Picasso has this phrase, never sell yourself anything.
2: Right, exactly.
0: Never sell yourself anything, and that's a that's a real rough sentence to live up to if you're an artist, you know, because the 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 what is it? The temptation to sell yourself on like, especially if something's all like buttoned up, but that one word is like, mm, the temptation to sell yourself that it's okay, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. is big, especially if it's going to be a nightmare trying to re it or whatever
2: yeah 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 I you know I just sort of like I mean when I decided that I was gonna do my own solo thing I, I really the thing that I did decide was I'm never ever gonna ever do anything like that isn't my way right I was like I'm already too old mm-hmm. so uh I'm I'm home free actually. Right. Like, I just get to make the music exactly the way I want. Yeah. And not listen, nobody's going to try to put me in a bikini yeah. on <laughs> stage with high heels. Nobody i mean i'll do that myself yeah if you'll I want. you will <laughs>
0: and pull it off <laughs> sounds <laughs> about right amazingly so i'm all for it like go for it thank you <laughs> yeah okay
1: i'll think about that for stage wear absolutely
0: coming up. um it's but a must. Uh, uh, you
1: also picked a very unique name because even before i heard your music i heard joan as policewoman mm-hmm. and it, you stood out just by picking that name is just so bizarre and like what is going on there. Yeah. That made me want to check you out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that is a good moniker.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's very
0: Are you pleased with it to this day?
2: You know, I'm happy I'm fine with it. Yeah. yeah. It becomes something I don't think about. Right. But yes, I mean I am. It's really um it's really silly and I like I like silly... I mean, you know, you got to keep it light in this life. Yeah. Because... Because it's
0: heavy enough. Yeah. Oh, it's real heavy. It's
2: plenty heavy. It's
0: seriously heavy. (laughs) And it's getting heavier all the time. it sure is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. So.
0: That's cool, man.
1: (laughs) Every time you say, that's cool, man, I go to Chris. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: (laughs) cool. That's cool, man. So... Yeah, so so that what was that like having that success like touring around and doing that then then what like your second album came out?
2: I mean, I did tons of solo touring then. Yeah. At the be, at the beginning tons because just
0: piano and guitar and
2: wurlitzer. I used to drag an actual wurlitzer around. Right. And guitar and an amp and a sound person. That yeah. was it. Um that Why was, did you take
0: an actual wurlitzer around? Or did you just vibe with it
2: well because then I could well yeah I mean the sound of it is there's nothing like it yeah um, and then I didn't have to worry about you know like finding a piano anywhere I mean right. it was kind of crazy but it's what I did yeah I was dedicated to that sound
0: yeah what did you do now this last time I played months? grand
2: grand pianos.
0: Everywhere you went? Yeah. You had a piano there? Yes. That's amazing.
2: So, yeah, it is. So, either I played venues that had them or they rented them often. Yeah.
0: That's cool. It
2: was cool. It was cool. It made it. It was like, it made it. And that's also fun playing all different pianos.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, now, though, like, you were mentioning age and, like, how, like, then it was like, it was like, you're already too old or whatever. But, like... -hmm. Music doesn't have an age limit anymore at all. Like, even it was kind of going away even back then. But now it's like not even a factor. I don't feel like
2: it's not. But I just mean, like, you know, releasing my first solo album at 36, Mm -hmm. they're just nobody is going to try to promote me as this like potential like young Pop Tart. Right. Or like sex symbol or something. Yeah. You know? Um I mean I felt like actually it really released me from a lot of pressure. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. I got you. You know, like because I wasn't I was already like starting too late. Yeah. You know, of course it's not too late. Any time you start is the time, right? You know, Willie Nelson re- released his first record when he so the Redhead Stranger, whatever, when he was forty. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he put out a million records with his like quaffed hair and real clean cut and like doing all the oh, like, right. and then he put that record out and that's what hit because it was him actually. Yeah. It was actually him. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. We know this.
0: Yeah, he's really cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So then, what happened after Real Life? Was it the classic?
2: No, it was or? a song. It was a record called "To Survive."
0: To survive, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was based around the death of your mother, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that.
2: Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, around that, and it was also like kind of. I feel like, in retrospect, based also around like the death of a lot of ideas of, or like places I had been in relationships that were really toxic.
0: Uh huh, interesting. Yeah. Like, Coming to terms with toxic relationships and how they work in your life?
2: Yes, absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's like surviving, my mom dying, and we had a toxic relationship. Yeah. Not only, but it was, rough
0: that's the hard part about toxic relationships is they're not all it's not black and white no and that's the thing that's hard for people to get their head around yes yeah
2: yeah absolutely and it's also like the coming to terms with what's my part
0: that's huge yeah
2: i mean that was a huge thing about that whole time was like really getting comfortable with admitting what my part of all the toxicity was. And what was it? Oh, well, a variety of things. Yeah. I mean, like, depends on, you know, with my mom or with like, you know, with relationships, right. you know? So it's just like that concept is like all over that record. Because mm-hmm. I was just like facing a lot of that, mm. yeah.
0: evolving
2: yeah yeah yeah, evolving I mean that we got to do
0: it yeah well you do it I mean a lot of people are on autopilot and don't do it
2: I feel really lucky because I got music music helps you do it it's an
0: avenue of evolution
2: yeah 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 also death helps you do it why is that because it rips you right open Uh you get ripped open and you cannot hide it's yeah. like you get ripped and then it's just like your blood is like, is like touching Floating the oxygen. The yes, yeah. it's like everything is just, you can't run. You're like, you're, you're there facing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean death is a, is a, it is definitely the most difficult, but a really if you can take advantage of how much it can help you learn Mhm. That is like the way.
0: Did you what kind of resolution did you arrive at with you, with your mother in terms of the toxicity in the relationship compared to like the love and all that stuff like where where did it land for you? I'm sure it's ever evolving. Yeah.
2: But... Um <laughs> I mean, um I have like you know throughout time like I just, I, 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 I feel so thankful that I got her because I, as as I mentioned, I'm adopted. So like, right. you know, it's like I feel really thankful she was my mom. Right. I also feel like I understand why why she had the problems with me that she did and the reasons why. And, you know... That she's also not she's an imperfect human being like everybody, right? You know, and um, I also got a lot of insight after she died from my father, who didn't talk about that stuff until after she died, but then was was open to answering all my questions.
0: So that's very interesting, right there.
2: Yes, because
0: he was protecting her yeah. before, yeah, yeah.
2: And then after she died, I was able, because he's a very open, honest person, mm. he, was, he was available to shed so much light on what happened and be and ultimately have there be, I, I got really validated, you know.
0: Your perspective got yes, validated. Yes,
2: which it had not previously. That's really huge.
0: Huge, it was that, huge, it was insane. everything. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. because typical with toxic relationships um, is that the, you know, the sort of toxic element won't allow your perspective to be validated because the narrative has to be that you're insane. Right. And so, yeah, so they avoid validating you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Like and that's she, the priority, almost.
2: Right, and that is what she did. Right. She really, I mean, she was so stubborn and I tried to talk to her so much, like mm-hmm. as an adult, to like work things out, mm-hmm. and she was not willing.
0: Um, a lot of times with toxic parental relationships, they won't allow you to become an equal yeah or it it can't that yeah they, they, they can't handle that yeah they have yeah
2: yeah she couldn't she i think she felt like she had been so hurt she couldn't risk it i feel like she felt like she couldn't she was she had shut the door she actually said i've shut the door right and she she was not willing to open that door
0: That's interesting. Oh, God. Shut the door on you?
2: Yeah, shut the door on trying to figure out our relationship. She was done. Yeah. Yeah, she was done. And, I mean, what's interesting is, like, I mean, you know, both my parents died of cancer. Mm. And she was furious about it.
0: When she had it, you mean?
2: She was furious about dying. Right. You know? which I completely understood.
0: Especially if she like cut off her, her soul's journey in some kind of way.
2: I mean, that's how I see it, yeah. yeah. And then my father, who's very different the way he saw life and interacted with life, he was 100% peaceful. Mm. So it was very interesting to see the difference in how they went as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, the reckoning. Whoa! It's big. Huge. It's big. Major. And you know, I think people that are you know are narcissists or whatever you want to name, you want to call them or label whatever label fits. But I think once that reckoning hits, there's a there's a lot that they're going to have to deal with in short order. Yep. Yeah. I
2: mean, if they're even available to, like, get the information. I yeah. mean, a lot of people shut themselves down to the point where, like, it's they're just not nothing comes anymore.
0: in. Yeah. You know. No empathy left. No nothing left.
2: No availability to feel. hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How old were I, I,
1: they when they passed away? My
2: mom was like seventy five and my dad was like seventy eight He died eight years later, yeah yeah, yeah,
0: so was there any like thing like on on your mom's deathbed or anything where you try like were you trying to always th- and, and it was just a, it was even at the darkest hour like still a shut full shutdown well she
2: the the, the crazy thing about her is that she was still very loving. Right. It was just I'm not interested in opening that door on all that stuff that was not resolved. Right. Um, But she was still very loving, and so I just like just continued to love her. Right. You know, uh, she was also furious, but still very loving. I mean, that's what was so confusing about her.
0: How did the anger express itself? Oh,
2: I mean, uh, would she be
0: angry at you that you're healthy and get to live?
2: No, she was like angry about like other people her age that were gonna get to continue to hang out with me. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, she was also really angry because she got crazy. She got um, mesothelioma, which is asbestos, Mm. Um, and you usually get it in your lungs. Mm. but she got it in her peritoneum which is the lining of your stomach they don't know how it gets in there mm. but then she was just so angry this is was interesting she was so angry she had like tried to eat more healthy as she got older she was like all those cheeseburgers i could have eaten yeah you know so i mean and she would say things like don't Joan, not don't you ever not eat something you want to
1: eat mm.
2: you know like this kind of like crazy just yeah. like angry at fate or whatever Yeah, you know that like I'm going this way and I tr- I, I made all these steps to avoid the specific thing right. not that like getting mesothelioma in the lining or something has anything to do with any of it we know so little about science and how things happen all this yeah. but you know that's how she framed it
0: right that's you know? interesting it reminds me of Warren Zevon saying enjoy every sandwich
2: that's right that's right how did he die
0: i think cancer, cancer. yeah
1: yeah it's like uh, it's fuck you to the universe like what the fuck it's yeah. what people who are pissed at the universe just like people who get lung cancer that uh. never smoked in their life You're that's, like, my, what dad. The fuck, that's yeah. my dad that's how my dad died. everything right yeah yeah
0: yeah so when you express this in uh to survive like how how did you how did it like was this a kind of a new level of songwriting in terms of expressing this kind of material, like depth of healing stuff and this kind of vulnerability?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm speaking now, Mm -hmm. you know, that record came in 2008 and now it's 2020. So like in retrospect, I'm able to talk about the healing. The healing was not yet Happening. happening like it was it was at the start of the healing
0: right these things take years yeah they
2: it really does it's
0: like this parental bond shit is so fucking deep
2: yeah it is that so no matter
0: what it's gonna take your no one gets out of it for free you that's could, right like, go no contact it's fucked up yeah you could stay in it's fucked up yeah <laughs> like it's like yeah there ain't no easy way out yeah no either. so
2: yeah, so, I mean, at the time, it was just like getting comfortable with being honest without how confusing it was. Mm-hmm. And getting comfortable with being honest with, co- you know, continuing to be uh, vulnerable.
0: So, like, actually sort of breathing in even more honesty and more vulnerability into the writing. Yes, you ever the read Brene Brown stuff? Yeah, I've yeah. Dar- Daring greatly. Yeah, is one yeah, of them. yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah, yeah, she's oh, great. Speaking on the power of vulnerability.
2: Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's good. That's like, uh, I mean, that's what all my favorite artists do. They put in the, the the stuff. I heard you say in an interview, like if there's something that you're scared to say, that's what you should say.
2: Yeah, definitely. You still I mean, feel that way. Oh yeah. I mean, I yeah. still write songs that I I think. Well, I'm never putting that on the record. Right. It's way too vulnerable. And then. And then it's Every one. time, it's like, oh, that's the <laughs> most important re- song right. on the record. Yeah. To put out for me. Right. Yeah. And then ultimately, of course, for most other people as well. Right.
0: They they resonate with. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Resonate. Yeah. 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 That's cool. How are
2: your parents doing?
0: Well, it's interesting because I went like i was um without contact with from them like really? I went no contact with them for a number of years, actually, really, yeah, some wild stuff occurred okay you know? yeah, um it came to a head, and I recently saw them again for the first time in a while, okay, Which was nice to see you know, but uh wow, kinda nice, I mean it was uh. It was uh, bittersweet to a degree, but like, wow. there's an opening there. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so it's like, um, I'm kind of just like taking my time with it. That's good. And that's just really smart. Seeing how it, seeing how it plays out. But I, like, the thing about toxic relationships is your participation in it. it you know, you have to be it like. In order for like some so a toxic, I think a toxic entity to really like negatively affect you, you you have to be um, somewhat codependent, um, you know, have some self love deficit disorder going on.
2: Absolutely.
0: And I was in a place when I went no contact where I was had had so much healing left to do, and not that I still don't. Sure. I'm sure I do, but my own. I I needed to really individuate and I did. Great. You know, and So sure, and that's I, great and, to hear. Yeah, and I've done a lot of work and a lot of healing to the point now where I feel like I can open back up to some of those kind of potentially damaging relationships and see and, and I feel like protected within myself to have strong enough boundaries finally. I didn't I didn't even know what boundaries were. I mean, I think a lot of people who grow up in, in certain kind of family situations don't really have boundaries or, you know, and yeah. um, and I was certainly one of those. Mm-hmm. And I've I've organized some boundaries and, you know, put some posters up on some boundaries. I got a Zeppelin 4 poster on one of my boundaries. And, <laughs> you know, I got yeah. that, that old Jimi Hendrix posters on another one, you know, like... So, it's interesting to kind of go back in. I mean, there's like it's not a completely open door with with my whole family, like uh It's good. No, I mean that part's maybe it's not it's not a completely open door. Like some of those relationships are kind of like Oh, I see what you're saying. shut down from from there and now because of that. Right on, right that. on. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's like so there was some there was some hostility that I received mm-hmm. which I which I was prepared for, mm-hmm. I guess. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And, uh, but with with my mom, it was kind of, uh, there was a, a nice opening that could potentially evolve, I hope. You That's know? Right. And it's, it's, I feel lucky that, um, you know, there's still potential there.
2: That's you right. Know?
0: But I also, ha- my perspective on what happened hasn't really altered, you know, mm-hmm. from my, you know, from my point of view. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm cautious as well. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm but I'm much happier. Like I'm just like, you know, because I do have a sense of humor about all of it, and because also Mm -hmm. when when you when you scratch the surface on anybody's situation in life, there's there's these things, you know, that we're we're on this planet going through some kind of soul journey, and it's not meant to be easy. I mean, if you go into twelve step rooms or anything, it's just like everybody's got like huge issues they're grappling with, mm-hmm. you know? So every yeah. day is a challenge to get your state of mind into a good place, and, and uh, I accept the challenge. That's you great. Know? It's a fun adventure It if is. you look at it that that's way. That's right, yeah, I agree, I agree, you know? yeah. And, and that's how I've been looking at it.
2: I'm so glad. Yeah. I mean, regarding your mom, like you're saying you, s- you see it in the same way as you did. You know the like your perspective on it. You see, well, it. it's
0: like what you were saying about the. There's no validation, right? So from from you know, from their perspective, I would just like up and went no contact because I'm insane, right? Oh, exactly. But like that's obvious. That's absurd, right? <laughs> and because like nobody would do that. Right. There's no. It, it's 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 the akin to going like oh I just cut my arm off because for shits and giggles it right. just doesn't happen right. it's it's the most painful thing you can do. That's right. So there's something extreme that moti- is motivating you to do that. Yeah. Or else you wouldn't do it.
2: Yeah. And you know what I was going to say about your mom is like with this time mm-hmm. that you took. Yeah. And you're, you you said like you felt like an opening there, you know, she may have uh, gained some insight yeah. in this time yeah. and like maybe is ready to be more vulnerable maybe
0: maybe maybe
2: you know it's possible
0: you know yeah she hasn't yeah yeah we'll see yeah i mean yeah i'm open to it you know because you know because i'm open to it yeah you good know? yeah i was gonna say because right. life is short or whatever but no i'm just open to it because i'm open to it because Because what I was getting ready to say, too, is, you know, the thing is, is there's no one size fits all. Because for for some people involved in toxic relationships with their family of origin, they absolutely should go no contact. Especially if they're still fully codependent, fully Mm -hmm. enmeshed, Mm -hmm. full of self-love deficit disorder, full of toxic guilt and shame. I would say it's imperative them to get out on their own and develop into a full-fledged individual but then once you've done that you're not the the weird thing about those narc relationships is once you have done a lot of healing you're just simply not as susceptible to their fucking nonsense as you once were that's right that fucking nonsense has the uh, propensity to destroy individual a whereas individual b would be relatively immune to it hmm because they, they, are, they have boundaries. And they know who they As soon as toxic nonsense happens, individual B is like, okay, peace out, motherfucker, yeah. without any guilt or shame. Whereas individual A, with all the self-love deficits or toxic shame, that'll destroy them. That's and right. then they could try to step away, but they'll be so full of guilt and shame and worry and concern and all this bullshit, nostalgia and fucking nonsense. But person B is, you know, so much stronger. So, like, so the thing is, is it's it's a moving situation, and so there is no one size fits all. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm I've bec- I went from per- being person A to person B, and, and we'll see how person B does. I should probably switch that up. So now I'm person A, but you know what I'm. Tra- yeah. Anyway, I like person B. Yeah, I'm person B. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So it's to interesting hear. to reapproach it, but it's also interesting. Yeah, the whole thing's interesting. It is, and, you know, and as lo- and as long as you keep a sense of humor, and you don't take yourself or yeah. even life too seriously. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You just can't. It is. It's serious as hell, but at the same time, it's like, come on. It's like this is like. You know, yes. all the world to me is a
2: stage, yeah. Wait, thank you, Rush,
0: right? Yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> Neil Peart that was like my, P.
2: that was my uh soundtrack for uh, you know, algebra.
0: Me too. When's the last time you listened to moving pictures?
2: Oh, I mean, whenever so I would be <laughs> so I was in Atlanta a lot because that's where my biological mom lived and so funny
0: cuz I lived in Atlanta too. yeah I know
2: and so I would be driving her car to and from the hospital to visit her Uh and that is where I would listen to like rock radio and so in the last like three years or something I heard so much rush through that station that literally blew my mind i would be crying like just like and just like writing people like yo you gotta listen (laughs) to spirit of the radio right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're kind of underrated oh i agree they're pretty underrated i love them so uh, much me too i mean
2: i i really do so anyway yeah
0: not yeah.
1: underrated anymore
0: well i mean people rate them highly but they should be in that same category as like led zeppelin you they know are like serious. that good they're yeah. so good it's yeah. like you know i know. I don't know yeah and they yeah and they
1: made it to the rock and roll hall of fame that's like, true eventually that's true yeah
2: they're amazing alex life like guitar playing is it, he and he's the most he's, ill
0: it's Ill as hell. He's he, incredible. I agree, and oh, he God. N- and he are, and he always comes up last in the trifecta of them. No, but he's, not for me.
2: He's number one. No,
0: he's amazing. Yeah, he's the number guitar one. solo. Oh, on, what? Like, uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, on everything. Yeah. But on limelight.
2: Yeah, come on.
0: The guitar solo on limelight. Go listen. Go listen to that right, right now. now. Pause this podcast. <laughs> listen to limelight, and then come back yeah. and listen to the rest of this podcast.
2: I mean.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> it's a sick solo. It is. It's insane. Yeah, no, he's he's a genius. Yeah, they're, he is. And yeah, I wonder. I'm, I'm guess they're gonna not continue after Neil. Pe- I think they were done anyway, but
2: yeah, they were. S- but still yeah. hanging out because they were still friends because they're cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that whole thing, like, talk about somebody who dealt, got dealt some, like, job like blows in life, Neil Peart. And then he went, you know, with his, like, daughter dying and his wife dying in the same year. And then he, like, you know, dealing with cancer. Mm -hmm. And then he went on this, like, epic motorcycle journey. And just, like...
2: I mean, the lore is... Talk
0: about to survive.
2: Totally. The lore is they they would drop him off with his bicycle 100 miles outside the venue and he would bike in.
0: That's amazing.
2: But that's so... I love that. That is like I'm gonna make the best of this day. Yeah, I'm gonna play 180 drums yeah. when I get to the show. But before that,
0: I'm gonna run, ride a hundred miles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's how I'm getting ready to do my next tour. I've been doing barefoot running Ooh. and stuff like that. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm gonna go just ape shit with Good. that. I want want to do ultra marathons or something.
2: Okay. All right. (laughs) You know what I
0: mean? Julie's
2: going to
1: drop you off in Amsterdam and say, see you in
2: Berlin. Exactly. (laughs) I want to
0: do like wild shit. I want to like, I want to amp it up because I, I just want to amp everything up.
2: Well, that is, I mean, you do. Don't worry. Yeah. You, like, you always amp everything up. Yeah. To the highest degree. Like, okay, I'm going to fast now. 30 days later, <laughs> yeah. I can't see. You're, like, invisible. You got so skinny. I mean, you know, you yeah. d- you definitely just know yeah. you do everything to the nth degree. Uh, yeah. I yeah, know. just remember. Yeah. Like, so. 12 raw eggs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh.
1: Not one. Not two. Let's do 12. No, it was six. Six.
0: Anyway. What? <laughs> yeah so what what kind of like uh what what do you think your net your new songs are gonna be what in the vibe of or what's what what's what's flipping your switch
2: is I there, mean honestly I have no idea which is really fun it's a
0: blank slate
2: it kinda is uh what I did do on the last part of this last solo touring is so I met Tony Allen, drummer for Fela, created Afrobeat with Fela, Amazing. combined traditional Nigerian drumming with jazz that he was obsessed with, and made Afrobeat. This Amazing. is Tony Allen. Yeah. So.
0: Where'd you meet him?
2: I met him in London uh, through Africa Express. Have you I do ever stuff thought with. about
0: moving to London, like the UK? Yeah, yeah, of they... course.
2: I mean, I think about uh, all the things, and then I get here and I'm like, New York's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I spend so much time yeah. in Europe and uh, whatever. Anyway, so I met him in yeah. in March, and we we really got along. But Where'd there was like, meet? I met him through Africa Express, which is this thing that I've been thankfully invited to do like i mean we went to ethiopia in 2011 they wow. it's like a, a program that um ian burrell who's a writer uh journalist and uh damon Albarn from blur they did they oh, put this thing together yeah, yeah yeah so they did a, a thing in london and tony allen was there tony plays with damon in the good the bad and the queen
0: oh okay Great band name. Oh,
2: a great band! Oh my god,
0: Fistful of Mercy. I I I came up with that name based on the good, the bad, and the queen because it was a spaghetti western twist. Yes, yes, right. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a great, it's a great name and a great, great band. So, so we just got on. I was also so excited about meeting him because I mean he's like one of the greatest living musicians. Right now,
0: I gotta explore him. I mean, I you yes, a little you bit of Fela stuff, but like, yeah, but yeah. all
2: of his solo records, just check it out. Tony like, they're am- Yeah, he's just amazing. Okay. So I was like, just I was like, pretty dorky. I was just like smiling. I couldn't help it. I was just so excited about mm-hmm. you know we did a song together, but like it was hardly any any time. You know, we had, I mean, after after that, like at the after after party, like he was like, he's like, listen. I like your vibes and I was like okay great I got him you know so (laughs) then we started texting and I was like yo would you ever be into recording yeah sure I was like what you know he lives in Paris we made a record together in November wow improv
0: improv yeah
2: so now I have all that material and I'm gonna make a record from that
0: you're gonna edit it Which is your favorite thing to do. Well, I'm
2: going to make songs out of it, you know? Yeah. Because, like, and I did that. So you have
0: grooves and jams and, like, any full-fledged I mean, there's a lot of
2: shit there, you know? It's good. And my friend, my guitarist, producer, friend, David Kumu, I had him come over from London, so it was the three of us, and we recorded in Paris, and it was just ecstatic experience amazing yeah so
0: how much how many hours of material do you have i have
2: a couple hours
0: couple hours
2: yeah yeah so i'm that's really excited yeah, it's gonna be super exciting
0: that's but- a great well that that like that's like what earlier when i was saying like Oh yeah, I found a thing and I'm excited. That sounds like yeah. you found a major thing. Yeah, I'm
2: I'm super excited about about doing that and I can't believe it all. It all came together. Right. Uh and uh he's 30 exactly years older than me. Wow. And he is literally like a 12-year-old. Yeah. He's incredible. He's going to be 80 this year and yeah. he is like he's ex- he's, amaz- he's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, And so I got that, but I'm also like writing for a new Jonas Police Woman record, which is going to be like I think a separate thing that I haven't figured it all out. But you know, so I got a a bunch of things.
0: Oh, so that the thing with Tony Allen,
2: I think that's that's not going to be
0: Jonas Police Woman. I mean, it is.
2: I don't know yet. Right. I don't know yet. Um, I just like turned in the cover two record, so like I gave myself a week. Like okay, I'm just gonna like sleep,
0: just hang out and stuff. Watch a little. No, you don't watch TV.
2: Not really, but I'm just gonna like chill for a second. And that, but so soon, I'm gonna like you know, I'm gonna get that craving where I'm gonna like have to get in. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that morning thing, Joe.
0: Yeah, try that.
2: I'm I'm going to because it's so anti what I do. It's interesting. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, it's it it. It bears fruit for sure. Yeah, good. So you still got to write lyrics on the Tony Allen stuff. Oh, I have to do everything. Right. So you could just even start there, like just like in the morning, first thing, put one on and just make yourself write words. Totally. You know, that could be a a version of it too. Yep. Or from scratch. Yeah, we'll see. Whole thing. And
1: the two month tour coming up to to work on May and
2: June. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. Date's coming soon. That's dates
2: right soon. dates comes in. no the the dates actually got released, oh, okay. yeah, so
1: just not the track list thing,
2: that's right, that's right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, any questions, a
1: no, we just love you, John, love you, a <laughs> <I> love you. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) i'm so thankful to know you both for a while we've been texting yeah yeah and she's been a workhorse and she finally got some time for us so glad
2: glad.
0: man it's been fun talking to you you too i mean it's it's weird because uh yeah i just love you a lot
2: i love you you so much too i think about you all the time and like this is a really i mean obviously we would get together and hang and chat and catch up, mm-hmm. but this is like a very interesting <laughs> way to catch up. It is. It's great.
0: It's, it's indicative of the times we're living in. Yes, yeah. You know, but yeah. I mean, so many people love you too, so it's gonna be like great for them to like get a chance to That's nice. hear you in this context and get mad at me for interrupting you and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he didn't interrupt me. <laughs> Good. No, he didn't. Thanks, you heard it from her, all right, y'all? <laughs> i didn't <laughs> a conversation it means a, yeah, certain
2: words that, get cut off that's
0: true that's true yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah um, i i have a question that go can, for it <laughs> maybe it's too personal but you're ah, you're your you're, you're uh, ado- the, the parents who adopted you did you ever ask them why they decided to adopt he,
2: my adoptive parents yes yeah they couldn't have kids Oh, okay. Yeah. They couldn't have kids and wanted kids.
1: And you had an, a, a brother as well. Yeah, I have a brother still. So they still. adopted two. Yes. Kids. Yeah. Um, he's a year younger than me. And yeah. then the follow-up is, how did you find your birth parents?
2: Yeah. Well, I was really lucky, is what I was. was. Those
1: sealed documents.
2: That's right. So, this I was born in Maine. I was conceived and born in Maine. And the state of maine at least when i was looking was run was running uh they had a like just a just a hookup um thing you'd write in and say i was born at this in at this hospital at this time and if a parent also had written I gave birth to a kid in this hospital at this time, then they just, it's just a hookup thing where they just, they send letters out. So this was in 1990 and I wrote them a letter and you know, I had seen like episodes of Oprah, I've been looking for my mother for 13 years, you know, this kind of stuff. So I was prepared to not get anything back. Five days later, because my biological mom had put had registered her name, mm-hmm. um, we both got letters. I got a letter that said, this is her name, this is her phone number, this is where she lives. Crazy. She got oh, the same so letter. I got
1: goosebumps.
2: Yeah, it's deep. So, because she knew about it, you know? Not everybody, like for instance, my biological dad didn't know about it. He's still living, like he moved further into the sticks. So. So, I mean, yeah, it was crazy. I flew down to Atlanta and met her, you know. You called first, though, probably. Yeah, yeah. Right? What was that call yeah, like? It's pretty deep. Really? I may have written first. Written first. Maybe, yeah. Was it like
0: the first time you spoke to her?
2: Yeah, it's nuts. It's yeah. crazy.
0: It's like probably nuts and also just oddly no big deal.
2: Yes. Also, she is. she was very oddly no big deal, Right. like in a way, but that's just her personality. Uh-huh. Um, we instantly what were just like, that? she's just very casual, casual and just like sort of like, just everything sort of just flows by. She's a little bit spacey, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's you know, her
0: way of dealing with life.
2: In a certain way, yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, so then she knew where to find my biological dad. And I didn't actually get into it with her until, like, a few years later, actually. I, like, just established us.
0: Yeah, you took time with Yeah.
2: And then she figured out how to contact my father. And then I went there, I met him in 95. And he was the opposite, he was so emotional about Mm. meeting me. Not that she wasn't, they just have different ways of expressing it, you know, and he was like really like, He was really just like I thought about you every day, Uh you know. I mean, she's the one that gave birth to me. He never ever saw me. She was sent to a home for unwed teenage girls. Right. So she was sent four hours south from where I was conceived in the back of a Skylark. What's up? Really? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's
1: up? (laughs) In
0: the back of a Skylark. What's Uh up? (laughs) That's how you're landing here.
1: Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: so, uh, wow. you know, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I just lucked out. Yeah, That's because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is, it is. And I lucked out, too, because they also were not looking for anything in me. They both had their own lives and families and stuff. Yeah. So it was, it was really, I just, I got lucky. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you ever think about adopting a kid or anything like that? Or
2: I really don't. No.
0: <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah. Until uh, you
2: just
1: mentioned it. Jen.
2: Well, no, I don't. I mean, I got a lot of kids in my life because of yeah. friends' kids. Yeah. Um, I never wanted kids.
0: Yeah. I, I, never, know, I know that about you. Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah, I never wanted kids. Yeah. And I never am, like, envious, ever. Right. Um. You know, I just, yeah, I never.
1: Other, other kids... Other f- people's kids are the best kind of kids. Yeah. <laughs> they are, because then you can leave.
0: A who's got a daughter. I got a daughter, but I, I
1: know that. It's yeah. like you, you can give them back. Yeah. And like, yeah. See you later.
0: Yeah. 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 I guess our songs are our kids. They are. Yeah. They are.
2: I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was like since I was eight, I was like not having kids. Right. And I don't know if then even I was thinking like that's going to cut into my freedom. Right. I don't know. I don't know if if that's what it was. Yeah. Um, it certainly has been something that has facilitated my freedom, not having children, and right. and has made my life available for nonstop touring. For instance, yeah, you know, I can't. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had kids.
0: And you still do? You still love it as much as ever? Touring. Yeah.
2: I love performing as much as ever. Right. I mean, touring is like. I mean, if you the, here's the thing. I tour with two people yeah. that I love so all we do is laugh. Yeah. I mean, and then it makes it fine. Then it, it is, makes it fun.
0: It is great. I mean, like, I
2: love I do love it. Yeah. The not sleeping is rough, but no, I take rough, care of myself in different ways it's now. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. You know. You know, you get to see so much shit. It's so amazing. I,
0: I, really and love it.
2: I only go to Europe and Australia yeah. and New Zealand. I never tour here anymore. I did that so much in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. And I just, I haven't.
0: Yeah, you will yeah. again. We'll see. We'll come back around.
2: We'll see. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Well, all right. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Thank you, John.
2: Yeah, thank you, Ehud.
0: How long did Joe? we just chat for? Two hours, I don't really? Know. Wow, almost,
1: yeah, almost. yeah, two hours, a little under, Damn. an hour
0: 50. Anyway, any what would tell people like where to find you on social media and stuff like that at Joan? Yeah, I'm found, I'm
2: findable under all the things. I got a website, Jonas Police yeah. I got, I'm on all the platforms that I know of, right? Um, I got a tour in Europe in May and June on Cover Two that's coming out in May. Um, go
0: get your tickets.
2: That's right. They are on sale today, Friday. Yeah. yeah. Today, but will they will have been on sale? I don't know when this is coming out. Yeah. Are you editing this? Nah. Wow.
0: <laughs> it just, <laughs> yeah. Nah, it'll just go out and like this.
1: And Thology is still out and available for anyone who wants to catch up. That is out. I'm you Damn know devotion. And there's a latest. podcast that goes with it. That's really oh yeah, the, fabulous. yeah. Check out the, the po- check episodes. out her podcast. Fantastic. Thank you.
0: Very good.
1: Yeah, that was fun and to me. Spotify.
0: Alright, y'all. Thank you. Love. God bless.
2: Love, God bless you. you too. Love you. Love you too. Yeah. Alright. Yeah.
0: Love you too, Ehud. Thank you. Hey, <laughs> Alright, bye-bye. Oh, that went by in like so fast. Wow.